This is The Back Pass, a podcast for sports nerds by sports nerds. This week, we look back at the Super Rugby Final. We review the blue season and we look ahead to the 2022 All Black campaign. Hello and welcome to the Back Pass. I'm your host, Gurpreet Singh Rana, and with me today, I have friend of the show and founder of the Blues for Life supporters group, Paul Alexander. Hello, Paul. G'day, guys. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's um, great to be here. Again. As always, it's a pleasure to have you, Paul. Joining us today, we have Ali and Param. Hello, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? Gentlemen, let's get the important details out the way first. Who can tell me how many Super Rugby titles my <laughs> Crusaders have now won? Not all at once. I, I, I'm not really <laughs> counting. Um, yeah. It's not that I can't count that high, it's just I've stopped counting. <laughs> Ali, can you count that high? <laughs> <sighs> I can. It's just... Um, it starts hurting after I go past the number of blues, number of titles blues have. Uh, and uh, and Param, can you can you count to thirteen? I do know how I do know how to count, but what really hurts me is my Crusaders. So I'll just leave it at that. All right, all right, gentlemen. Uh, I uh, I don't want to be smug, but. Um, Cool. Thanks for being here. Um, it was a really fun time. Um, we'll catch you, catch you guys um, next week. We'll do this again. Yeah, that was that was the show. That's that's the whole show. It was just to remind everyone, just to remind everyone that the Crusaders have now won thirteen titles. All right. Enough of the smugness, Paul. We're going to come to you first. The line out. What happened in that final? Oh look. Um... I think it, it kind of it went all wrong from that one of the early lineouts we had where we had a lineout five metres out from the Crusaders line and it was almost like the Crusaders had our playbook and they knew exactly what was going to happen. It's, it's almost like yeah, someone had been watching the trainings all week and had said, right, they're going to get a lineout five metres out. This is where they're going to throw it. This is who's going to get it. Let's counter that. And from then on, it just never went right. And winning two out of ten lineouts you're never going to win a game when you only win two lineouts. Yeah, ab- absolutely, Paul. Um, Param, you were you were actually um, like Paul. You were you were at the game. You and 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 from what I've heard, it was it was an amazing it was an amazing atmosphere. Your thoughts on that lineout? What happened? Um, coming back to the game itself, um, forty-three to forty-five thousand screaming Aucklanders. Um, what? really touched me was um when i went into the lounge at about 5 30 and i met paul and his team they were at the grounds paul correct me if i'm wrong 3 30 ish even yeah, before the, like we got there yeah an hour and a half before gates opened so yeah absolutely even before the gates were open and the moment we got there it was raining like anything but boy it did not um 
it not damp it did not dampen the spirits of the Aucklanders. We came out in our droves. Um, I I for one, when the Blues ran out on the field, albeit I'll probably have a private discussion with Paul. What happened with the even before Gurpreet mentioned the lineouts? What the hell happened with our logo for the blue spelling B U Bules? I thought I thought even before we talk about the lineout, that was the crucial point. The crucial question I want to ask to Paul: What happened there? Because I've seen Paul run the flags at least for the quarterfinal and semifinal and. When his mates told me that he was actually not running the flags, already the bells were ringing that, oh my God, this might not be our night. So, um, yeah, look, jokes aside, when the team did run onto the field, uh, I don't know, Paul, if you if you agreed with this or not, but I don't want to hurt the All Black supporters here, but never have I heard that noise to welcome a team at Eden Park, be it the All Blacks, be it the Phoenix, be it whatever it is, Mm. But it was surreal. It was amazing. I just felt super proud to be an Aucklander, Gurpreet. I'm saying the word Aucklander, so you get that through your head. <laughs> super proud to be a Blues fan. Um, look, for me, experiencing that, being at the ground, I never thought that I'll I'll ever experience that. Um, the game itself, hey, look, the lineouts. What went wrong? I think Paul has hit the nail in the coffin that, you know, um, the Crusaders did their homework. Um, uh, the way the game started, you know, Crusaders just came bang, bang, bang. Or did the occasion get the better of the Blues? Maybe. Uh, what went wrong with the lineouts? I don't know. I just feel that the Crusaders did their homework and the Blues just did not have a plan B. Uh, uh, Ali. Mm. Was it a mistake for the Blues to go to the back of the lineout so early? Well, look, it's um, you you want to get some confidence by you know winning a few, and then you kind of set your pattern. Um, but at this stage, like, look, we're not talking about we're not talking about guys who like really need to grow into a game or need to understand like the you know playing a big game. They should be able to play. They should go to the back of the lineout, front of the back, front of the lineout, whatever they feel like uh, confidently, right? Um, and I think that might have even been a plan to go to the back to, you know, it Crusaders was, might yeah. be trying to read early to go front so that, you know, to try to catch catch the Crusaders out. But uh, it's just execution. It's just the little things, right? Yeah. As you, as you mentioned about going to the back early at the captain's run on the Friday, they'd done five or six lineouts where they went to the back and it might not even go to a player, but you'd have Roger Dewey versus Sheck like we did, Sue, I think, on one occasion where the ball went so far deep that he actually grabbed the ball, but unfortunately his hands let him down and he wasn't able to hold on to it. So they had been planning manoeuvres like that for at least um, maybe the week, if not longer. And, and I thought, I thought, lads, the, the, the tone of the game, as you said, Paul, was set early on by those lineouts. And and the first half really, and look, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful here, but, but I thought, I really thought the Crusaders should have put the game to bed before halftime. We had so much territory, so much possession. Full credit to that Blues defense for the way they hung in. Some of the most amazing yeah. cover defense backing up from that win in Christchurch. I, I thought some of, the, some of the defensive execution in this final wasn't as organized as what we saw in Christchurch, but the, the desperation was there. I thought that defence kept the Blues in the game. What did you guys think? I totally agree. 
Um, Joe, Joe Smith, since he's joined the Blues um, at the beginning of the season, has done wonders for the boys. Um, he has them, you know, they go and make tackles, and basically as soon as they make that tackle and they get clear of the rut, of the tackle, they're right back in the line of defence again. And I haven't seen a Blues team do that in a very, very long time. Ali? Uh, they just they just hustled they just hustled and they um they mm. kept at it they didn't give up they they you know kept following each other they kept going in packs they um it was it was literally it was literally that hustle and that desire that kept the blues in the game because they were the crusaders were winning the rock they were winning they're winning the ball with the ball in hand they're winning the ball without the ball um the blues just couldn't impact the game but the only thing that they mm. could do was keep at it and just keep making tackles and keep making tackles and it really really slowed the crusaders down it at points it looked like it kind of frustrated the crusaders but obviously credit to the crusaders as well they kept at it they didn't they didn't just throw it away or just you know put a put a kick at it, put a put a bomb up or whatever and have it just go out on the full or do something silly like that they just they're like you know what let's just stick to the phases and keep playing so keep testing the blues um, yeah, and I, I think I think the score could have easily been like something something crazy at halftime. Yeah, um, I, and, I, and I don't want to sound like I'm blaming anything in particular, but the weather I think played mm. a huge factor. Mm. Um, and and the result, had it been dry, you know, would the Blues have got closer? Would they have even won? Maybe you know, um, they had. I don't think they'd played any games this year in in the wet. None had even touched. That's for and sure. And I, I thought Paul the the clinching. The, the, the clinching try, the, the Sebu Reese try at the end, uh, I think that kind of showed how much of a part the conditions played because I, I, I forget the Blues player it was, but but he actually he had the ball covered the, the whole way as that kick was put in, but he actually slid past it. Uh, it, it wasn't yeah. like um, Sebu Reese outgassed him or there was an outrageous piece of skill there. The, the poor fella literally slid past the ball and, and that was all down to the condition. Yeah. Is literally the bounce of the ball. Like that ball, instead of kept, instead of keeping on going in that direction, it just sat up. It just went straight up on that bounce, and he just slid right past it. It was terrible. Like it was just you could see it happening, right? It's happening in slow motion. Was, and uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and and look, that, this is this is what I feel, lads. Uh, as as comprehensive as um, in terms of territory and position as that Crusaders performance was, I. I still feel it's been a very positive season for the Blues. If we if we look at a very young side from last year, a trans-Tasman Super Rugby champions, some stunning rugby this year. We've, we've spoken about the defense. We've spoken about the occasion that we saw at Eden Park. What were some of your standout moments? Paul, you were there at pretty much every game. What were some of the standout moments <laughs> of this campaign? Probably... For me, I you can't. I mean, I can't go past the win in Christchurch. Um, uh, I knew you'd weekend. say that. Um, Eighteen years without a win in Christchurch, and we and we hold on to get. It was only a four point win, but it was a win, and I don't think I'll ever forget that. Um, for me, what else? Probably that's um, the quarter final win against the Highlanders. Um, everyone was kind of thinking, "Oh, the Highlanders are going to, you know, going to upset the Blues and." You know, the Blues got out to that lead and they never really relinquished. And I think for the second time in a finals game against the Highlanders, we kept them scoreless or kept them trialless at Eden Park. So, yeah, that that probably the two standouts for me. Param, was that win in Christchurch like winning a trophy? 
if you look back at the season now? <laughs> I think that we should just stop the town there and then. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know why we had to endure another few weeks of this nonsense. Just put an end to it. Um, jokes aside, can I just come back here again um, about the final? The one thing that hurts me was that uh, that really hurt me was that. The Blues actually did not turn up that day. No. We've had, you know, Crusaders played like Crusaders do. That Blues team that played on that Saturday night wasn't even a shadow of the team that we have come to see over the last few weeks. It wasn't 50%. And I mentioned to Gurpreet as well, if only we could have that game replayed. Boy, trust me. The, uh, Paul, I agree with your analysis about the weather. Yes and no to some extent. The crucial aspect, I mean, we can hone in about the lineouts, the weather, but that second half when Dalton came on, it was a different game. Mm. I cannot underestimate the importance of Dalton and Caleb Clark to our team. You mm. take Richie Moanga or you take um, Will Jordan away from Crusaders, you'll see a difference. For me, Dalton missing, and I remember saying it to Paul during the halftime in the Otago game, at the Hollanders game as well, that Dalton's not there, have we got this? Semi-final, again, I was thinking of Dalton. For me, the Blues didn't even turn up to that game. Oh, mm. boy, if they had. Before the game, I said to Gurpreet, I give the Blues a 40% chance to win. A 40% chance to win was good enough for the Blues to win that. Just 40%. The Blues only played 5%. But like you guys said, as bad as we were, we stuck at it. Like Ali mentioned, we were there, we were there. That go, that gives credit to our team. Uh, the standout moment for me this year, yeah, definitely the Crusaders victory. But there was a game where our attack and defense both played an important role. And keeping the Chiefs pointless, not even a single point in Hamilton, in front of their bells, the Mulu fans, this and that. 28-0 or 29-0, I'm not too sure what the score was. But our attack was standout. Our defense was standout. That, to me, was the highlight of the year for the Blues. Again, yep. for me, Dalton's um, captaincy. Stephen Perifetta letting Bowden Barrett be Bowden Barrett. And the way that our team was operating from 1 to 15, for me, was a standout. And it all came together in that Chiefs performance. Yeah, absolutely. And what I add that... No other Super Rugby team in the 27 or 28 years of Super Rugby has ever held the Chiefs scoreless anywhere. Wow. So that's the first time that's in their history that nobody, that, that wow. they've scored no points wow. against anyone. Yeah, and um, coming back to that, um, we've all talked about the Dalton and um, Rico Yuane tackle. Um, I'm not too sure which was it, Callum Grease. I'm not too sure uh, in that Crusaders game. But for me, if you were to single out one moment where it fell to me, this Blues team is the real deal, was office tackle on, um, not to show the name was, the Chiefs player just before halftime. For a forward to make that run, make that tackle, and everyone got together, you know, hugged off a, it just said, hang on a second, this team is the real deal. They will stick together. The defense was strong and, you know, standout, absolute standout. But what a shame the final was. And probably if I could add one more standout, office charge yeah. down in the semifinal. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a special effort. A hundred kilos plus, and he runs what twenty five, thirty meters. 
to charge down a kick from you know from forty meters out. Yeah, absolutely stunning defense. And I've actually spoken to him about it since then. And I said, <laughs> "Did you think you would get there?" And he said, "Look, no, I didn't. But I just gave it all my gave it my all and did what I could, and it worked." Yeah, jeez. And again, like the um, the drop kick um, drop kick win against the Brumbies as well. So the drop kick drama against the Brumbies, I think mm-hmm. twice. Um, both were standout moments. It was just, you know, that really kept the run going and you know, the Blues ended up with how many wins in a row did they end up this season? 15. 15. 15, yeah. So that's that that itself um, was special as well. And, you know, a couple of those vic- victories were, weren't easy, um, weren't quite easy and they got over. So I think that also raised expectations when it came down to it. Mm. Absolutely. Paro pa- mentioned a, a couple of names in there. Uh, Steven Perifetta. Uh For me, standout player for the Blues. Uh, we were, the, the, the day before the All Black squad got announced, we were, Parham and I were just having a chat around the dinner table. Uh, Parham actually mentioned the fact that Damien McKenzie might be back. And I, I remember telling Parham that I think Steven Perifetta is in with a shot, given how consistent he has been. Paul, you were at the you were at the award ceremony. I I know he got the he got the player of the season. How how good has the young man been this year? Oh look, Stephen's come on leaps and bounds, and I think his form kind of started in the um, MPC last year, um, playing for Taranaki where they went unbeaten. Um, so I think yeah, and he's just got better and better each week that he's played, and he's um, fully deserved of that All Blacks jersey. He's um, I guess they've selected him. Because he can play ten and That's fifteen, right. um, so I mean, what a, what a player to have that can play either position. You know, if, yep. if he's you know if he starts on the bench and, and Bowden and Moanga get injured, then he can play either position. You know, so it's I'm really looking forward to um, seeing him put on that black jersey and make his test debut. And, uh, Ali mentioned the, uh, the 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 drop kick drama against the Brumbies, but one of the things that that has stood out for me about Perifetta this whole season has been the number of absolutely clutch conversions that he's hit. I, I, I genuinely think the All Blacks now have Richie Mwanga, Jordy Barrett, and, and Stephen Perifetta, I think, is that third spot-kicking option. Has been outstanding this year. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. The, the other selection that I, uh, that I found really interesting was... At, and again, this has been, it's been a theme throughout the season. And I, I know when, uh, when, when preseason kicked off, uh, Paul called it out, but, but I thought, I thought AJ Lamb had a, he, uh, the, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and, and also the final, very, very strong performances, perhaps a little bit unlucky to miss out on the All Black squad. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Super unlucky. I think um, going against them is the rich of all the depth of wingers that we have at the moment. Um, kind of reminds me of a little bit of my, my best man at my wedding, um, Onosa'i Elva'a, oh, yeah. who played uh, 50-odd games for Auckland, was in the Blues, but he was at the time of Daniel and Luke Braid. So he was kind of always stuck behind. Mm. He played 20 or 25 games for, for the Blues and before he ended up going overseas and playing for the Sale Sharks. So it was, you know, was, was a great player, but just because of the calibre of players in front of him, never really yeah. got his shot, you know. So um, will AJ maybe even go overseas? Who knows? Lads, all black season. 
kicks off very soon. Mr. Rana, why is Scott Robertson not mm-hmm. the All Black coach? It's his break dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is he not the All Black coach? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, he should be the All Black coach. Um, look, uh, we've spoken about the Blues, but after the match at Eden Park, I looked behind me where the All Black coaches, uh, sorry, the, uh, the Blues coaches, and my eyes were just fixed on Scott Robertson. That game um, in the final, Crusaders are too good. All right. They were so good. To get a team to come all the way to Auckland, their Instagram was already saying, as soon as offer charge down, we are coming. They arrived and they wrote, we are here. I saw Severis dancing in the, in the gym. Throughout, I thought to myself, man, these guys are confident. But that's who Scott Robertson is. Mm. Come the final, boy, he brought his A team. I kept thinking about the England Aussie uh, England All Black game in the semi final, and I thought, "Hey, this is one of those games where like the All Blacks never turned up." Then I thought to myself, trying to make myself be- felt better that hey, you know, the Blues never turned up. And as soon as I saw while the teams were pre- warming up, I saw um, Will Jordan. I said, "No, no, 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 don't worry about Will Jordan. We got AJ Lamb." Then I thought of Mwanga to make myself feel better. No, 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 we got Bottom Barrett. But then I saw a Scott Robertson just walking around with his beanie, smiling, and I thought, boy, this guy is going to take that trophy and bloody do a breakdance today in the Garden of Eden. And it happened. Something about Scott Robertson that he will get your team ready for the big occasion. Mm. Why is he not the all-black coach? Mm. You said, do people know how to count 13? Uh, maybe, but the management and the all-blacks, maybe they don't know how to count 13. Do, do, do you think... If you look at, you know, two of our three World Cup winning coaches and Graham Henry and Steve Hansen, prior to them coaching the All Blacks, they coached other teams like uh, Wales and the British and Irish Lions. Do, do you think maybe he needs to go and get a little bit of overseas experience first? Well, I think, well, I don't know. Um, why go overseas? He should be given a shot. My only concern there, Paul, is if he was to go overseas and make it fixed, uh, I'm just going to change topics here. Look at Brendan McCullum. Brendan McCullum's gone to England. He might never come back. And look at the sort of cricket England is playing right now. If we've got that talent in New Zealand, let's keep him. Why yes. let them go overseas? It's okay, Parham. The fish and chips aren't as good in England. He'll be back. Uh, <laughs> Ali, but th- 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 that, is, that is my worry. If, 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 if England were to come calling... For Scott Robertson now, uh, look, uh, a year out from the World Cup, uh, just over, and and he was to go coach England, I, I'm worried about England all of a sudden. Uh, I, I just think if you gave Scott Robertson the English side, he's going to beat Ian Foster's All Blacks. I think if you gave him Japan, they'd probably beat the All Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a part of the preparation, um, there's part of tactics as well, and um, he's obviously he obviously knows how to set his team up, and um, there is probably some some planning probably in place as well for for the succession planning, um, and that perhaps might have just not kind of fit in for you know it might not have fit in with throwing Ian out 
um, before the World Cup and they probably are looking at after the next World Cup probably to make a change and wait around for that. I'm sure they would have touched base and I'm sure that those conversations are already happening with um, with Scott. Um, it would be kind of, it would almost kind of be silly not to. Like, I'm sure he's already having those conversations with the All Blacks management and, you know, about um, that he's definitely probably next in line to, to, to take over come next World Cup. Uh, Ali, Ali, just on that. We, we know the All Blacks have a jam-packed schedule from here. Well, we've got a very strong Irish team coming, kicking off in a couple of weeks. What does Ian Foster need to do to convince you that he is the right man to lead us to the next World Cup? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be about um, about the tactics and about like kind of where the All Blacks fell away in the last couple of years is obviously um, we didn't have the strength in the areas that we did previously in the previous years of previous World Cups. Um, and also we didn't, we didn't, uh, acclimatize to different tactics fast enough. And especially that England world cup match was one of those where er- you kind of just could see that, you know, what England were doing every single breakdown, every single tackle. And it just, we weren't, we weren't changing the style to battle that. Um, so it's about, it's about how he builds that leadership and that what tactics and how to, how he allows the team to adapt as well. Um, you also need to get the best out of out of some of the fringe players because he's taken a whole bunch of um, new All Blacks in the in the squad. So I assume he's going to blood a few. He's going to get try to see what, how they kind of fit in, where they kind of go in camp, and how they kind of you know best mix. Uh, and yeah, like so that's I think that's his. That's what I want to see basically from that Ireland tour is um, is how how those uh, new players blood in and how they fit into the fit into the overall picture that leads to the World Cup. I think maybe something else he needs to do is drop Sam Kane. <laughs> because, I mean, you can't take an, an all-black captain to the Rugby World Cup who's had the injury run like he's had. Yeah, so that's an interesting call, right? Like, we, we had a chat about we had a chat about captains, and if, if, you're captain, if you pick a captain, are you picking a leader for all the off-field stuff, for the training camp stuff, or are you picking a leader who's going to be first choice in the team and on the field making those decisions and leading the team on the field? And it feels mm. like at the moment, Sam Kane is the is the pick that'll help the rest of the new t- new All Blacks at at the training camp, at, off the field, in training to get that mindset right. And he may not be first pick at the moment for the All Blacks, and that's okay because there's enough experienced guys who will do the job on the field. But just to help those guys get the All Black culture and mentality off the field. Mm. Paul, I know you've been saying it continually from from the start of the season. Dalton Papali is by far the standout number seven in this competition. Uh, forget the New Zealand teams. In this competition, he has been the best number seven. And and one of my biggest criticisms of Ian Foster is the fact that we, we don't have combinations, especially in that back row. And my, my worry here is if we keep picking Sam Kane, I I just don't have the confidence that he's going to be able to stay fit four games in a row because that's what it's going to take to win a World no. Cup. Uh, the, the final group yeah. game, the quarterfinal, the semifinal, and the final, you've got to be fit for all four. And you've got to work in a yeah. combination. If, if we look at... I mean, Forget forget the South African and the Aussie back rows. Even if we look at the Irish back row, right? 
on on multiple occasions over the last four years, they've they've completely destroyed us at the breakdown. I I think we need yeah. we need Dalton in there. With Dalton, I think we need um, we need Hoskins as well. I I don't know what kind of role Adi Sevilla plays, but but the Papali'i Hoskins Satutu combination for me has been outstanding this year. And and for me, they need to start for the All Blacks. I'd even I'd even quite happily go with a back row of um, Blackadder, um, Papali'i, and Sabia as a back row. It, that that could work as a combination with with Hoskins coming. With because they're all ball carriers yes. and they can they're all can they're all good at stealing at, at the at the ruck. So absolutely, mm. absolutely. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Only, only about you know ten minutes of Crusaders, Crusader talk. Look, look, I, I, I think I've gone, I think I've gone very light on you guys this week. All I asked was the number of titles the Crusaders have won, and amongst the three of you, none of you could clearly tell me that number. It was all. I think they won't return. I stop counting. <laughs> but the one thing, the one thing we all agreed on was. Scott Robertson should be the man with a top job in New Zealand rugby. Yep. You know, Gapreet, one biggest problem that I have is I still haven't recovered from the Blues Crusaders final. And now to go back to Eden Park this Saturday to suddenly start cheering for Richie Moanga, hitting the gap, passing it to Will Jordan. I don't know whether I'm up for it. I'm going to talk to the All Blacks management and say, at least give us a month to you know, get over this before we can start supporting the bloody Crusaders fan players now donning the black jersey. So that's just me. You know, I'm still still haven't forgotten about two weeks ago. Aram, if you want a if you want a good remedy for this hangover, I would say get down to Mount Smart this weekend for the Warriors game. Boy, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! <laughs> Come on, guys, they're playing the Tigers. It can't be that bad this weekend. It really can't be that bad. We're playing the Tigers. Like, let's just for a, for a person you know. who's, for a person who has seen his Blues, Warriors, Black Caps, the All Whites, the England soccer team all lose in a space of seventy two hours. Please don't tell me to fall back on the Warriors now, mate. Please don't. <laughs> they all the hope, Parab. They all you all the hope for remedy. And for the and for the record, boys, the reason why my phone had just switched off was because it was overheating. The moment Grippy started talking about the Crusaders, my phone for some reason started overheating. So that's the reason why you guys lost me for five minutes. <laughs> well, team, before Parham's phone explodes, we'll be back <laughs> next week with more sports analysis and banter right here on the Back Pass.